Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hey everyone, this is Gerard. I uh, completely and totally forgot to mention a very important plug, and I apologize for that. Uh, yesterday, several hours before we recorded the latest episode of the Emerald Flow Show, I recorded nearly two and a half hours on 34L30 on the Pro Wrestling Paradise with the indefatigable Alan 4L, and we talked about the career of Yuji Okabayashi. And I wanted to plug this because we had a great conversation ranging everything from the way he presents himself, his style to his greatest rivalries and tag teams, of course, with Daisuke Sakamoto, and a lot of his interpromotional work in places like All Japan as well. So I think it's a great interest to listeners of the Emerald Flow Show. So that is coming out probably by the time you hear this. So you can definitely check that out on the Pro Wrestling Torch VIP Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Emerald Flow Show. We are a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can uh, donate to the show at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate if you're feeling very generous. And if you listen uh, to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Gerard DiTrolio, and I'm here with Paul Vosch. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I just proved 
my attachment to Pro Wrestling Noah because it is Spotify rap season right now. And I looked at my top songs for the year and it actually turns out that Kano's theme was my top five song of the year. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a good theme. Yeah, it is. It is a really good theme. And I do remember that I listened to it quite a bit on Spotify this year, but I definitely did not expect that it actually would be like one of my top five songs for the entire year. Yeah. Uh, I guess the most of the wrestling themes I listen to are like older ones, to be completely honest <laughs> with you. No, I mean, that's not on Spotify, but it's definitely on like YouTube. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely have like a bunch of like themes basically downloaded on my YouTube. Like I think, to be fair, from the older ones, probably the one I listen to the most is probably, it has to be either Hanson's or Jumbo's theme. Because those are just two complete Oh, I, yeah, I listen to Hanson's theme a lot, yeah. Because that theme is like you never really get to like the part where the theme actually starts going real hard because Hanson always gets to the ring so fast. So when you actually <laughs> listen to the theme, like, holy shit, there's this entire section back here that is just like incredible. Like that you never oh, ever get to hear... In ring. Yeah, I know. I think I know the part you're, you're yeah. talking about. That's funny. Uh, so uh, this week we got uh, some. Um, I think a lot of cool and interesting stuff, and maybe some not so uh, <laughs> cool things to talk about um, with Noah and All Japan. Uh, but first, I think we'll start briefly. A little bit of a cold take here, but Junakiyama in AEW. Paul, what did you think? I think he's been doing real. I think he's doing really, really well. I'm happy that this is kind of like the first time, like if, because he's never been on American TV, I'm happy that the first time people in America will see him is on AEW TV and not like some WWE show. And also the fact that Eddie finally got his June Akiyama singles match. I think that was just really kind of a nice and special moment. And I also liked the match as well. I thought... It was great. I liked how they barely touched in the tag match on Rampage the night before, which was, you know, as soon as I saw that they, the way that they were working that, I'm like, okay, well, they're obviously going to be announcing um, the singles match, uh, like, either on the pre-show or on Full Gear. And they did, like, soon after. Um, I thought the match was great. I thought Akiyama took some very big bumps that he didn't have to. Yeah. No, 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 Absolutely. It also was very clear that, like, uh, Akiyama was like, okay, this kid is clearly a gigantic fan of me, and I would assume that maybe Akiyama watched some of Eddie's stuff beforehand as well. So he was just very giving in the match. From what I've heard, like, I don't think Akiyama realized how big, well, relatively, that, like, Pearl was in the States. Oh yeah, I, I could I could very easily see that as well. Like he, I mean, yeah. To be fair, I mean he would have never really been in a promotion that would have been big in the U.S., right? Well, Noah kind of was. Noah, kind of, but that and was. And they had the whole Ring of Honor thing. But that was a different time, I would say. Like because that's pre New Japan boom, which really. Like right. brought Pur to like a whole nother level than it ever had been before outside of Japan. That's true too, um, and I, you know, I mean, I talk to a lot of like, there's a lot of people out there that got into New Japan in the mid 2010s and then mm-hmm. have gone back to watch, I guess, the classic Japanese stuff. Yeah. So that's certainly a factor in there. And Paul, I'm going to be completely 
uh, admit this. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, uh, almost 38 years old in January, but uh, God damn it, if I didn't have some tears in my eyes <laughs> at the end of that match. No, it was very sweet, yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that Eddie went over as well. Yeah, uh, that was surprising, I guess, I suppose. Um, but not at the same time, because uh, Tony Khan is protective of his guys. Yeah. But I don't think uh, Akiyama probably had much of an issue uh, doing that, because no. all he does is talk about how he likes to work with young talent now. So. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I would well, classify as Eddie as a young talent. <laughs> But you, you know, it's Gorilla. It's Eddie, Eddie Kingston enters never. the Royal Rumble, and Gorilla Monsoon goes, "Oh, that young whippersnapper, <laughs> Eddie Kingston." Yeah. yeah, but I think he was generally moved by Eddie and was more than happy to uh, lay on the mat for him mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, I think that probably became even more clear. Like, I'm, like obviously they were like talking about it backstage first, so I can just imagine Eddie just basically just coming in with like a wish list that he's had drawn up since he was like I don't know however old like like probably like a like dream list of like his stuff he wants to do in his match with Jun Akiyama that he probably like wrote over like years what decades basically and just probably came with that list and was like can we do this can we do this and Eddie, uh, June was probably like uh, okay yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> definitely well the one and also I really liked did you catch that the uh, Akiyama was going to go for the sternness dust uh, no, actually, I missed that one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was just briefly, but I'm like, oh, crap, he hasn't done that in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that's uh, not a not an old man's move, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So, But that was really great, and I think one of the highlights of the year in wrestling. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, that was, that was just incredibly fun. Uh, some breaking news that I just noticed... Uh, Atsu Mizuharu appears to have left Evolution, and I only noticed this because, lest you think that this is a bad sign, about half an hour ago, Evolution tweeted out that they have assembled a list of sponsors and posted them all to their we- on their website and everything like that. And then I was scrolling through the website, and I noticed that her profile was no longer there, and she's not on, her socials are gone and everything like that. So she's gone. I don't know what to say about it. Other than I don't think it's disastrous or anything like that because they're now like announcing their sponsors and everything like that. But I just thought it was an interesting observation. Yeah, I mean, like they they're all still kind of training as well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of normal. I mean, how many trainees are there that we like oh, in yeah. other promotions that we never even see, like people that enter the dojo. And then they just kind of quietly retire before they ever even Dis- have a match. Or disappear in the middle of the night. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, all right. normal yeah. wrestling. I, I wouldn't be yeah, too worried I... about that. Unless like all of them drop out and I, I don't know, it's just like zones left. No, and... I, I don't think so. The rest of them are still uh, seem to be excited about their training and everything, which is a good mm-hmm. sign. So we move on to Pro Wrestling Noah to Noah the Best 2022 on November 23rd at Yoyogi National Stadium, gym number two, drawing 872 fans. I don't know what to make of this number because it's bigger than a Korkin, but like, I mean, that Tai Chi Taka Mania show just had like 1,900 fans in it. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, can't call that a great number. No, but I mean, then again, with the kind of card that they put on, I oh, think this is a I decent agree, number yeah. based on just on the card that they had there. Yeah, like if this sure. was like a um, bit more of a loaded show, I, mean, I, I would like say this is a bad number, think... but just, I mean. Hmm. Yeah, it was slightly above a Corican, I would say. Yeah, I mean, with exception of that really loaded Corican, but then again, it drew better than that loaded Corican, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we go on to the first match. Uh, Funky Express, Mohamed Yone, and Akatoshi Saito defeated Tadasuke and Hiroki in 10 minutes and 22 with an iron claw slam from Saito on Hiroki. Paul, I didn't see this, but what did you think? Um, I mean, it was exactly what you expected. <laughs> it, it was a Funky Express opening match against Congo. Uh, pretty sure we've actually seen this exact type of matchup as well. So it was just really kind of... if it just picture that match in your head that's exactly how it went I think it's really like the best thing I can say about this match but it was a fine opener and uh, yeah with the expected result as well where the heavyweights go over the juniors yeah the result uh, not surprising and, I, and I'm sure I could probably visualize most of this match yeah in my head. <laughs> it's like it's really I really don't have a lot to say about this <laughs> yeah uh, next up, uh, Hideki Suzuki defeated Shuhei Taniguchi in 12 minutes and 56 seconds via referee stop from repeated elbows to the head. I had uh, high expectations going in, and I thought this was great. Yeah. You know, it was, like, map-based and stiff, and then they just sort of, like, lost the shit at each other, and then, like, Suzuki got pissed, and that's how you ended up with the uh, finish with the elbows. Yeah. No, I, I thought this was great as well. Uh I thought, well, like, given the fact that this was like the second match on the card, I think they worked way harder than I expected them to. Like, I thought this match had like a potential to be good, uh, but I was also like, oh, it's second match on the card. How hard are they actually going to work? And then no, they actually went in and put on a really, really nice, like, quick match as well. And yeah, I thought like the aggression that Suzuki showed you during the finish was great as well. Yeah, for sure. The next up, uh, we had three matches in one, technically. <laughs> uh, this is billed as the final Peros del Mal de Japon. So it was a double countout in one minute and five seconds, a double countout in 53 seconds, and then a DQ in 11.36. So it was Yoshinori Ogawa, Yasutaku Yano, and Kai Fujimura, uh, technically in the end defeated Nosawa Rangai, Eita, and Super Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hated. The, I, just, I mean, what 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 other way really is there for like Paris Damal to go out? I mean, it's just really on brand. This is yep. really actually their final match. Like, yeah, there's really no other way they could have ended it. I guess. So tiresome, and I don't know. Uh, there was like some promo cuts on everything like that, and um, I know. Uh, so I guess sort of coming out of this match, I guess related to Peros, um, looks like Kotaro Suzuki's headed over to DDT, which is weird that that seems to be like the only way like you can have like some sort of crossover between Noah and DDT is if literally one guy leaves the promotion and goes to the other one. Now, was Suzuki even contracted to Noah? I don't. I think I thought he was a. I thought he was a freelancer. Like, I don't think he ever had the yeah. Noah, like, 
logo on the website. No, I think he's like because there was a bit of there where he was still like doing sort of both All Japan and Noah, yeah. although and it just became Noah more and more after he left All Japan in what 2015 or 2016, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so. I mean, I just didn't think he was contracted, but I don't know. I mean, in some ways, it makes me believe that maybe Nosawa really is retiring more mm-hmm. so. But I don't know. I'm still somewhat skeptical. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, actually, like now that I guess Paris is actually over, um, where would you rank them amongst like the recent like Noah Junior factions? Uh, one of the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Like even some of the like really short-lived ones, like Full Throttle, I would probably rank above them. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they also lost steam when they lost like Hidaka and Suzuki yeah. showed up a lot less too, right? Because those were the two best wrestlers yeah, yeah, yeah. in the group. Like that's still the weird thing that like Ikuta Hidaka was like the only one that actually left during the whole Paris is leaving Noah storyline. Because that was the last time he was there with them, and then he just is gone like they come back and he's not there and he's like wrestling outside of Noah now I mean I wonder if he had issues with uh, how things were being run back there yeah I mean I, I could and imagine he, that and I wonder if June has issues with how things are being run in Noah because he's barely been there since coming to DDT yeah but no one really has like there's really no crossover yeah, at all between DDT and Noah outside of the uh, outside of the uh, Cyberfight Festival. Yeah. Uh, so that's just some interesting development. But I think Suzuki could be fun in DDT, yeah. like a good veteran hand. Because there's a lot of young talent in DDT right now that I think could benefit from working with someone like Suzuki. Yeah, and I think he's already been put into Burning as well. Yeah, I figured he would. Yeah, I mean, that um, just makes that with perfect situation. sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, Yusuke Okada and Kotaro Suzuki team would be great. I mean, that's something for Okada to do for once. <laughs> yeah. And so next up, we had Jack Morris defeating Daiki Inaba in 13 minutes and 54 seconds with the Tiger Driver. Uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say got into great territory. Uh, Jack seems to be over with the crowd because I forgot to mention that this was a you could make uh, noise on this show. Um, but you know, solid enough. Uh, although I, his Morris's facial expressions are still bothering me, even though I really like him otherwise. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely something he can still work on. But I mean, look, he has time. If he's already like he's adapted to it like super quickly, so I think he has like time to work on like some of the weaknesses that he still has. Um, but yeah, otherwise, as I said, this was a fun match and. Not, like not really memorable, I will say. It, I was like coming away from the match. I was like, yeah, I enjoyed that match, but I also doubt I will remember it for very long. Yeah, uh, it just was there to like put over Morris, who yeah. I think, I think he might get that GHC title shot in like late yeah. January or February. I mean, you should like he's been not motioning for it forever right. now. Yeah, for sure. And next up, uh, M's Alliance reunion. Naomichi Marafuji, Masato Tanaka, and Misaki Mochizuki defeated the Sugera Gun team of Takashi Sugera, Kazuyuki Fujita, and Timothy Thatcher in 17 minutes and 27 seconds when Marafuji sort of outsmarted Sugera and rolled them up. Uh, yeah, this was pretty good. I would have suspected so. You know, you're like, 
uh, standard Noah six-man tag team match featuring, you know, a lot of the main eventers and top guys. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and this was in some ways really just to set up what we got after the match. But, Paul, what did you think of the match? Uh, I thought the match was really fun. Uh, I really liked that they were kind of, like, heavily teasing, like, a permanent Imps alliance reunion here, only to then kind of swerve them in the post-match. And, yeah, otherwise, like, I think everyone really kind of, like, did a lot of stuff here. Uh, Everyone worked hard. And, yeah, I mean, we've been saying this for, like, the entire length of the podcast now where Noah has just really perfected this kind of formula for doing six-man tags. Yep. And then after the match, Marfuji challenged Sugura for the tag titles, and Sugura agreed. But then Marfuji looked and like he was going to pick either Mochizuki and Tanaka, but then turned around on his partners and announced Kenta would be his partner. And it was so funny because Sugura like had to sell like he was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but Sugura's not like someone who would come across like he's going to be intimidated when he mentions Kenta, but it was still funny yeah. to watch his facial expressions on that. No, also like that, like both of the, like the both like Mochizuki and Tanaka were like kind of like stretching out their hands. And then Marufuji just turns around, no, actually I'm picking Kenta. So they are going all in on that January 1st Budokan yeah. show. Uh, so I, I am, uh, I don't know. I mean, Kenta's couple appearances in Noah prior to that injury, he got at last Wrestle Kingdom. He was like the, some of the best he's looked since leaving WWE. Mm-hmm. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this match. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you had a pretty heavy injury. So yeah. We we will see, but yeah, I mean that January first match last year, like that one was excellent. That six man tag, where like him and Inamura just beat the shit out of each other, that was awesome. Yeah. Next up, we had a match that served a similar purchase uh, purpose. Amaxa and Alejandro defeated Dante Leon and Yohei in eleven minutes and thirteen seconds with a modified crucif- crucifix hold from Amaxa uh, on Leon. Uh, I actually thought this was actually kind of decent. And I don't want to give him too much props, but I think Leon is, like, slightly getting better in Noah. Uh, I mean, this is hard for him to go down, right? (laughs) So... Yeah. Just being... Like, everyone has kind of always benefited from wrestling in Japan. If you were kind of like... Especially if you were kind of bad before... So yeah. uh, unless you're completely yeah, useless. unless you're like dirt by kid, like you're gonna get better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, I thought it was good and it set it up. And look, I feel like Amaxka is hot right now, and they should pull the trigger. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, but we've been saying that for like a few other people as well. But like, I just don't really <laughs> see the benefit of like a lengthy Dante Leon reign. Like, I think kind of going well, with kind of a guy that is hot right now and like over with the crowd and has like established like that's his problem as well like Dante Leon only has like one established feud which is with Ninja Mac so really like putting it on a guy that has like multiple people that he can feud with makes more sense yeah like have like Tadasuke come out and challenge him after yeah or like maybe he can run for like the other Congo guys and then Tadasuke at the end or something like that yeah Yeah. Um, there were Dante chants though (laughs) at one point I mean not like heavy, but yeah, he's got his fans. Um, and then next up, uh, 
Kaito Kiyomiya, Satoshi Kojima, and Masa Kitamiya defeated Keno, Kazuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya in 18 minutes and 6 seconds with a modified Shining Wizard on uh, from Kiyomiya on Keno. Uh, like we said, Noah has perfected the six-man, but I thought this was even better than the other six-man on this show. This was great the last few minutes. Yep. I thought the stuff between Kitamiya and Soya was great towards the beginning. And then the last few minutes uh, with Keno and... Uh, Kaito were awesome. Um, Kaito's like modified shining wizard, which where he grabs the head and drives it into the knee, looks hit or miss. But I thought the one he used here looked really great mm-hmm. on Keno, and uh, it's gotten me really hyped for that January first match. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought this was really helped by the fact that like they were working with such an established feud here with Kaito and Keno. So I think that just added like another level of heat to it. That like the other six man tag was really great as well, but it didn't have that same kind of intensity as this one. Like, just because, like, like, Kaito and Keno just have really that kind of next, like, that it really is kind of just, like, such a great feud that it just brings a whole another level of intensity to this kind of match. And, yeah, as I said, I'm also kind of always iffy on the modified Shining Wizard because just, especially the first couple of times he hit it, it looked like absolute dog shit. But it looked good here, and so hopefully that means that if it actually sticks around as his finisher, that like he will be able to make it look better now and hopefully consistent. So yeah, I hope that means that also like he's kind of like getting out of because I think like ever since the Suzuki match he's been a bit of a funk. Like he did get better in the Fatra match, so I hope that now he can kind of redeem himself from the kind of not very great Keno match that he had when he won the title and mm-hmm. that he just gets back into form now and then just has a great 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think in that Keno match, they were probably holding some stuff back because they knew they had to, like, come back two months later at Budokan. Yeah, may- maybe that's uh, one of the I reasons. Mean, it, yeah. it's, it's technically a good match, just... It was technically a good match. It was just like just way below what they were capable of yeah. in the past. Yeah. And, and because that's what I mean. Like normally they have like great intensity like they had here and that just wasn't really the case in that match. So I hope that means that, yeah, as I said, maybe they were just purposefully holding back because they knew they had to run it back two months later. So yeah, that they now like pull out all of the stops uh, January 1st and just laid on an absolute banger. Yeah. And then um, next up for the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, uh, Atsushi Katoge and Seki Yoshioki, Yoku, Seki Yoshioka defeated Shuji Kondo and Hajime Ohara in 23 minutes and 40 seconds with a kill switch from Katoge on a, Ohara to win the titles right back in a pointless title switch. <laughs> or the first one was the pointless yeah. title switch. Paul, I only saw the last couple of minutes of this and it looked good, mm-hmm. but what did you think of the thing as, on a whole? I thought it went a little bit long. As you said, the the finishing stretch, the finishing stretch was really good, but everything before that was okay at best, I want to say. Like I said, I definitely felt it dragged a little bit. I think they started off well, and then the middle was just kind of a whole bunch of nothing, and then they kind of like really then like started going to another gear during the finish. But yeah, I mean, otherwise I can really say, as you said, like just an absolutely pointless title switch and Kur like just to do a title switch and Kurkin and now they just switch it right back to the to Kotoga and Yoshioka. I mean I'm happy with that because I'd rather see those two than Kondo and especially O'Hara. So 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's really the best I can say about this. It's just, I wish it would have gone like a few minutes, like it probably could have cut like, I guess it's a title match, so you have to have to go a little bit long. So I guess maybe don't cut like 10 minutes off of this, but if you cut like five minutes off of it, it's a much better match. Uh, death taxes and and a Noah Junior title match going two minutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unless it's unless it's uh, Ogawa and Ridgeway as champions. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're the only <laughs> exception. Um, and then in our main of oh sorry, um, after the match, Yohei came out and challenged for the tag title Junior tag titles, and he announced his partner would be Dragon Gates KZ. Yeah, that should actually How be would great. This team. Yeah. I think Casey Casey is one of the best guys in Dragon Gate, um, so I think him. But I, I feel like he's been kind of like. To be honest, I felt he's been a bit stale this year in Dragon Gate. So I think him kind of coming here into Noah and getting a title match and everything. I think it's gonna like freshen him up a bit, like working in a new environment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I, I would assume. Well, you never know with the Noah Juniors, yeah. but I assume like uh, Yohei's just eaten the fall. I I would assume as well that Kotoga and Yoshioka defend the titles here. But yeah, I mean, it's the Noah Juniors, so never to say never. I mean, could also that be that like I don't know, like Kotoga betrays Yoshioka or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for like no reason, then, like like not that I'm saying that they've been teasing that, but like <laughs> to be fair, there has actually been a while since the last like nonsensical Noah Junior turn, but kind of due for one. Yeah, because well, I think what was the last time they they sort of turfed some of the guys out of Congo, like uh, yeah, uh, Amaska and uh, Alejandro. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had anyone turn heel in a while as well. Right. Um, and then in our main event for the GHC national title, El Hio did Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Yoshiki Inamura in 26 minutes and two seconds with a moonsault press. Uh, a slightly surprising result because I thought, you know, we thought that Wagner was just a transitional champion. But um, no, they're going with yeah. him. Um, and, I, and I thought they always saw something in him, but it seems like they are really serious now about doing something with him. I thought this was a pretty darn good match. Um, these guys filled their time up mostly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inamura was awesome. Uh, Wagner is continues to improve, although I think his selling is a little shaky at times. There was a point where he's like the I'm exhausted and goes to try to chop Inamura, and he and he just like gives like a Orange Cassidy level chop. But I just thought that looked sort of lame, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, but other than that, like the crowd was into both guys. They got really hot towards the end. There were some great spots, some wild dive from Wagner, like off the top rope over the barrier <laughs> into the seats where uh, Inamura was. And yeah, just like a good showing that these guys needed and deserved to be in the main event. And hopefully, hopefully it's a sign of uh, new directions in Noah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's time to take off the tinfoil hat because, yep, turns out, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't the fact that Funaki didn't want to put Inamura over. It was just that they're actually serious about pushing uh, Dr. Ragnar. Uh, uh, about uh, about uh, pushing Wagner here. So, yeah, and I thought this was actually his, I want to say that was his best singles match because I think this was better than any match I he had so. in the N1 
or anything else he said yeah. previously. Um, yeah, Inamura was working really hard as well. I mean, this was his, like his first like main event singles match, right? So I'm trying to think if he's ever been in a singles position. Probably his biggest. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he was very obviously motivated, even if he was, like, scheduled to lose, obviously. Um, so, I think this match definitely exceeded my expectations. For sure. And, yeah, I'm actually, I mean, if this is the effort level that we're getting from Ragnar during this title reign, then I'm actually kind of interested to see where they're going with this. Like, yep. I don't think they've announced a match for him yet at Budokan, right? No. They have not. Yes, I'm... So it'll be interesting to see who they Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe now they're going to like run with him a bit and see like what they can get out of him. I mean, now I think it's also kind of like the perfect time to push him. Like you've had him for like a couple of years now. He's an established name. So maybe you can actually like make someone here if you give him a good title reign. So, I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean... You got to try, and if it doesn't work, then at least you tried. And if it works, then yeah, great job. Yeah. And all in all, I would say, even though I didn't see every match on the show, I think I enjoyed this show as a whole on a whole more than it, uh, most other recent Noah shows. Yeah, yeah. Because like outside of like the perils nonsense, I don't think there was anything on the show that I thought was bad. Like, the junior mm -hmm. title match was, like, too long, but it had a hot opener and a hot closing stretch, so I'm like, that's yeah. pretty decent. And then, like, all of the six-man tags were great, minus the Paris one, obviously. All of the tag matches were fine, and then it had a main event that over-delivered. So, yeah, I would actually say, like, top to bottom. Like, I don't think this is, like, a show-of-the-year contender or anything like that, but no. I definitely enjoyed myself watching it. Yeah, and it just gave me it gave me a better feeling for Noah's direction. Yeah, right. Like Kaido's looking strong, mm -hmm. and I think maybe I'm a little more bullish recently on Kaido than you are. And then just giving Wagner and Inamura 26 minutes in the main event, I think is a good sign yeah. too. Yeah, it definitely seems like that trying to like push some new people, which again is kind of desperately needed for Noah because some of the older people are on their way out. So like now you need to put the focus on the young guys. So that people stick yeah. around once the old guys are gone. Yeah, because that that will be interesting to see what happens when that mm -hmm. happens too. I'm curious if they panic or, or they just stay the course. Yeah. Uh, so also the big announcement: um, Darby Allen will be in KG Muda's retirement match, teaming with him and uh, or sorry, Great Muda's retire final mm -hmm. match, uh, teaming with him and Sting. Um, I think that the possibility of this. Uh, final Muda match actually delivering has gone up yeah. <laughs> considerably uh, depending on who they put on the other side but I hope they put someone that Darby can do all of his crazy shit mm -hmm. and they've been very kind Even of like Matt, Ninja yeah, they've been very secretive be about who is actually going to be that opponent as well yeah so I'm kind of curious like who is actually going to face Muda there because now that we know who he's teaming with because he's teaming with Sting and Darby Allen so that opens up some possibilities about who could be like his opponent in that match or his opponents in oh, that do match. you think it's more foreigners it could be more foreigners Vampiro oh god <laughs> <laughs> Vamp it's, vam yeah, it's, it's Vampiro and the insane clown posse <laughs> <laughs> the dark carnival explodes 
Wait, was that their name? Uh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yep. Okay. It was Dark Carnival, yeah. So. So, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm curious if they wait until January 1st to announce the opponent. Uh, I could say that as well, yeah. Yeah, so you'll have to wait on that. But, I mean, I'm curious how hard Sting will work. I mean... I think he'll work hard in this. I mean, he's, but he's obviously not working hard every single time he does an AEW match. Yeah, but he's probably got a nice paycheck from Tony Khan every two I weeks. mean, he's probably getting a nice paycheck for this one. Let's be yes, real. Yes, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, maybe he just, well, mm-hmm. sees it, well he's got to save himself. Because, I mean, he's taken those bumps, but he, I'm still sure, pretty sure he's cognizant of how many bumps he's Oh, yeah, he probably has, like, a very much, like, like, I know everyone always talks about, like, the bump card, but I think for Sting, it literally is a bump card, and he, like, stamps it every single time. He takes a bump. Basically does it every pay-per-view at this point, AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. So, and that bump card will run out eventually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited where that match is going, depending on who the opponent yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that could be a really interesting match. And also, did you see that uh, New Japan has announced a new quote-unquote Wrestle Kingdom show just before the Great Muta Bye Bye show? I did the day before yeah. in the same Yokohama arena, yeah. which is That's fascinating. Interesting. I'm wondering if we're going to see any crossover there. Is there another New Japan versus Noah show? I mean, I don't think they're going to go know. that deep, but again, it is noticeable that it is literally the day before in the same arena. Well, I, I mean, people were like, "What is this third Wrestle Kingdom going to be?" And then they sort of exceeded expectations. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they've got something up their sleeve. Yeah. People are saying it's an AEW show because it's on like a Saturday or something. I could see that as well. But I mean, we've only ever gotten the announcement for Great Muta's last match in New Japan. Yeah. That's true, too. It could be Keiji Muto's last match in New Japan. Of course, you could still make it to um, the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. So, or uh, the January 4th Tokyo Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah. I don't know. But uh, I mean, I am relatively confident that New Japan will have something big for that yeah. show. And I will still leaning towards some sort of Noah. Yeah, like, just because, like, everyone is going to be there anyway, like... Well, I mean, it's in Yokohama. Yes, yes. Everybody's already there, basically, close by in Tokyo anyway, so... Um, So we had some uh, Noah um, uh, announcements of upcoming cards, um, like, before the New Year's show. Um, I'm just looking at note uh, on uh, December 18th, uh, there's a Noah New Hope at Shinkiba first ring. This is their first show at Shinkiba in a while, uh, but it's got a really interesting theme, mostly of uh, younger wrestlers versus, uh, you know, well, I won't call them all old, but established wrestlers. Um, so you got like Atsushi Kotoge versus Shoki Kitamura of Zero One, Masa Kitamiya and Daiki Inaba versus Yoshiki Inamura and Taishi Ozawa. Uh, Naomichi Marafuji versus Kai Fujimura, which I'm looking forward to because I like when Marafuji works with the young boys. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Max, Maxa uh, versus Jack Morris and Dante Leon. And uh, main eventing is Satoshi Kojima versus Yasutaku Yano, which also I think could be a lot that of That is fun. a really curious sure. match. That's also the size difference. I think. I think <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, Kojima's not as tall as you think, but Yano's. Yes, Yano is very short even um, by Noah's standards. <laughs> But uh, I have a feeling that Kojima will give him a lot. Yeah. No, I think this, I, 
I'm actually also really looking forward to that match, and I hope this is because it seems to be that Shin Kiba has just has just gone fuck it and just makes every show a cheering show. Yeah, well, I th- we were di- discussing. There was some discussion about that in the Voice of Wrestling mm. uh, Slack today, and I think it's like, well, Shin Kiba probably also attracts the most hardcore fans of every yeah. company. Because again, it's not like the arena is like very centrally located. Like, like yeah. it's not a, yeah. like you don't really have walk up to Shin Kiba first ring. The the one issue that I had with the, that Noah show compared to other like cheering crowd shows is that it's a like that venue was less than half full and it's like cavernous. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't quite as intense as some other even you know, like a half full court yeah. in the hall. No, but I mean, like we've seen for like the all Japan shows, like if you can actually properly fill that one, like it has a, the best atmosphere right now. Yeah. And then, um, well, so does a certain fruit market. I thought. Uh, and then we and then on December eighteenth, which is like the evening show at Cork and Hall, we've got the Congo Produce Diamond Five show, Hiroki versus Alejandro, Menabusoya and Shuji Kondo versus Daiki Inaba, and. Uh, Seki Yoshioka, uh, Wrestle 1 Rewind, uh, Masakatsu Funaki versus Yoshiki Inamura. Paul, do you think Inamura finally gets that win? I mean, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Satoshi Kojima, always yeah. a treat. Uh, oh, we're going back to Amasuka versus Tadasuke on that show. Yeah, I'm actually curious on and that. Then, I'm curious on the result on that one. I could actually see I, that one be like a no contest or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, Keno versus Hajime Ohara for the main event, which seems strange. yeah, uh, not a fan Keno of that one. Keno just kicks the shit out. I of mean, him. that would be nice. I mean, yeah, I don't like. I think I I like the rest of the show. I'm not a fan of that main event. No, um, uh, there's a Star Navigation 2022 at Cork and Hall on the 19th. Uh, m- matches of note: Yohei versus Seki Yoshioka. I think that mm-hmm. would be good. Uh, Kazuhiko Nakajima versus Jack Morris. I think that will be interesting because if Jack wins, he's definitely getting a title. I could shot. see it happening. Yeah. He's getting definitely getting a title shot, and I think that's possible. Yeah. And then the main event. Actually, this I like the sound of the six man: Kaito Okiyama, Masato Tanaka, and Atsushi Kotoge versus Keno Manabusoya and Shuji Kondo. That should be a mm-hmm. lot of fun. And then main evented by Naomichi Marafuji versus Satoshi Kojima. That's a match that I have like and unreasonable expectations for because, yeah, like it's uh, like that's a, a match that I'm almost guaranteed to be a little bit disappointed by because I just in my head it's two very different wrestlers in that ring than they are right now. Let's put it that way. They had a match before though when Kojima was in Noah in like what thirteen fourteen or something when. Yep. But that's a very different Marufuji already. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's different than when it's like a first-time yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, least, yeah, I suppose. No, 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 definitely. But like in my head, I'm like, oh, is this like 2007 Marufuji was 2007 Kojima? It's like, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But that's not no. what this is going to be. But I think still, it has a potential to be a good match. I think so too. I yeah, I still like Marufuji singles matches when he when he. Uh, yeah, tries. and I mean this one should um, definitely be one because it's the lead up to a. A title match. Yeah, and then on uh, December twenty third at, at Shinjuku Face, we have um, another N Innovation show. Um, this one has um, of note. It was really, I think, the only the top three matches: Yoshinari Ogawa versus Eita. 
could be fun, mm-hmm. but I could also just see it ending in a GQ. Actually, there's one more match actually that I think is of note, which is the match prior to that, which is Nosawa versus Yano, because Yano did get that did oh, get a right. pin on Nosawa. So I'm actually curious if like I mean I would expect Nosawa to get his win back, but again, if he is actually like, I think if he if he takes the pin here, I think that makes it significantly more likely that he is actually retiring. For sure. And I also get the feeling that they're going to start moving Yano yeah. up the card because he's got that match with Kojima and everything, mm-hmm. right? So I think it, that could be a sign. Um, and then, so yeah, Ogawa versus Ada. And then the GHC um, Junior Heavyweight Tag Title match, as we said, Kotoki and Yoshioka versus Yohei and KZ. And then in the main event, uh, Dante Leon versus uh, Amaska. So it's interesting that they're running that Tadasuke match before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, well, we've already talked about the Budokan show on January 1st. Like, obviously, Kiyomiya versus Keno, Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and then now Sugera and Kojima versus Marfuji and Kenta. But just announced a couple hours ago, I think, mm-hmm. is uh, Funaki, Nakajima, and Soya versus Fujita, Kashin, and X. So what do you think of Satoshi Kojima pulling double duty on the show? <laughs> I don't know. But how can you top the greatest acts? Exactly. <laughs> they should come up with a new letter for like surprise wrestlers now. Do you have any feel for the, who this is? No, because if Kojima I didn't don't. already have a match, I would have said they're just going to make it Kojima again. But like now that it has just like Kojima being X every single time on a Noah show for like the last six months has kind of rotted my brain. Where <laughs> I just can't think of anyone else that it could be. Yeah. Uh, is it a shooter? I mean, just based on who he's teaming with, it should be. But what shooter is even left that hasn't worked Noah yet? Shinya Aoki. I guess. I don't yeah. know. Because I'm like, I can't really... You got the cyber fight connection. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's... Um, Keisuke Okuda. <laughs> oh, that's possible. Uh, I mean, Actually, then again, I was like about to say that he's a terrible shooter, but then again, is so is Kendo Kashin. So. Is he fighting on New Year's Eve? Uh, Okuda will uh, get the shit kicked out of him and then appear on the <laughs> He no just the shows day. up with just his face bashed in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's, that's pro wrestling Noah. Uh, overall, I am um, feeling a lot better mm-hmm. about the company, I think. Yep. No, this definitely like was. I felt this was kind of like a necessary refresh that they had with Noah the best. It might not have been the best card yeah. on paper, but it was definitely the best show recently. Yeah, definitely. And then now we move over to All Japan Pro Wrestling and continue our coverage of the Real World Tag League and the Junior Battle of Glory. Uh, we got a lot to mm-hmm. talk about, Paul. Some good and some bad. And we start off on November 19th at the Sunwreck Kitakami in front of 456 fans. And we'll just cover the tournament mm-hmm. matches. Dan Tamara defeated uh, Rising Hayato in 8 minutes and 36 seconds with the Death Valley Bomb. Paul, I have a lot to say about Dan the Man. I think he's coming yes. out. This is his coming yes, out Yes, he really is. He is, he is go- coming. Oh, I crap. I should have looked this up before. But what's the word for man? In Japanese, uh, I don't know, because Dan is boy. <laughs> so I was gonna be like, he's no longer a Dan. He's a yeah, man. he's no longer Danny boy. He's Dan the man now. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, he he really yeah. like this is really his breakout tournament, and like it's very obvious that that's the intent. Like it's very becoming very clear why they're doing this tournament. Like it's very clear that this is the like put Dan Tamara over tournament because he's just incredibly dominant as well. Like, he's just beating everyone. Yeah, he's, he's walking with a, and he's walking with a swagger that and confidence that he didn't have yeah. before. Like I think that's been like probably the best job in terms of like pushing someone that all Japan has done this year. Where they did the whole storyline of him getting like where he got the shit beaten out of him by uh by his voodoo murderers and then he finally like gets revenge at the voodoo control by winning the all Asia titles and then just that just very clearly has given him a new level of confidence. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought the ten-minute time limit gimmick was cool, but there's a lot of matches that could have used <laughs> yeah. like eleven yeah. minutes or twelve minutes. <laughs> same, same. Like I'm, I'm very much like, ah, this was really fun. I was like, it's already over. Mm, okay. And that was the yeah. case here. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Hayato's been pretty good in this tournament as well. So this was a really good yeah. Match. No, I think everyone has kind of been working really, really hard in the tournament. Like I, I can't really think of anyone yeah. where I'm like, oh, I'm disappointed by like this person's effort no. I think everyone has really like because I think Dan kind of overshadows how good Ryo Inoue has been as well absolutely like because Dan obviously like he's the clear standard but I think Inoue like I think that's kind of the like underreported story where he is also like developing like really well yeah and he's uh, uh, trying to go toe to toe I think you could also... Well, we'll get to that later, but I think there's some stories being set up for Inoue in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I've been saying for a while now, this promotion is carried by its junior division now. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and then we go to the real world... Or, sorry, um, I forgot to mention... No, sorry, that was the only junior battle yep. glory match on the show. And then we go to the real world tag league. Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura defeated Koji Doi and Kuma Arashi... Uh, in 16 minutes and 42 seconds when uh, Miyahara used the shutdown German suplex hold on uh, Kuma. Um, yeah, I mean, good. Mm -hmm. But not particularly memorable. No, I, I was a little bit disappointed because this was actually one of the matches in the tournament I was looking forward to the most. And it was fine, but as I said, it wasn't anything memorable, really. Yeah. And then next up, uh, Suwama and Kono defeated Jake Lee and Yuma. Or sorry, no, it was a double countout. Um, so uh, in fourteen thirty one, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Despite uh, showing some uh, promise, well, yeah. I mean, Suwama and Kono started off fine, but then you know this was voodoo murder shit. It's so weird that they go back and forth on that. Yep. Like, they have clean matches, and then they have matches like this, and then they have clean matches, and they have matches like this. I almost would like it more if it would be more... Con like, I actually would like it more if there was just interference every single time they have a match, because at least that would be consistent. Yeah, because then they're like, oh, well, we've turned a corner. Oh, but back yeah. to Powder and yeah. Taru and everything like that. And then um, in the main event, uh, Shuji Ishikawa and Cyrus, Suji are us. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Uh, defeated Yuji, Nagata, and Yuma Anzai in 1342 when Ishikawa used the Splash Mountain on Anzai. And this was good. Probably, I think, the best match on the show, at least from the Tag League match. Yeah, no. I enjoyed this one. I think Ishikawa and Cyrus are just a great, like, monster team. Yeah. 
I mean, because and then the, like, I think this it becomes more apparent in some of the later matches we'll talk about. But I think they have a good formula where like Ishikawa carries the bulk of the match, and then Cyrus comes in and does what mm-hmm. he can do, and that covers up Cyrus's yeah. weaknesses. I thought like Nagata and Anzai are like a good team to put opposite of them as well. Well, I'm curious maybe if they're gonna run that match back relatively soon, but more on that later. Well, well, more on that later, yes. So that was that show, which I think overall, though, was one of the weaker shows of uh, yeah. the tour. I mean, it was also one of the shows that didn't really have cheering, so that didn't help. Yeah. And then we uh, move on to uh, November 20th at Hotel Epinard in Nasu in Nasu in front of 368 fans in the tournament matches. Junior Battle of Glory. Ryo Inoue defeated Hokuto Omori in 3 minutes and 35 seconds with a jackknife hold. Big yeah. win. Yeah. Big upset. Inoue's first win of his career, I think. Pretty sure. And um, it was pretty fun for the three and a half minutes. Uh, but also, we got to talk. Hokuto's yes. shit this Yeah, time. I was actually... Because I was going to talk want to talk about that as well. Because he's winless. And he like, spoiler alert, like he doesn't win a match until we like get through talking about all of the show all the pen shows we're gonna talk about like he is he gonna go like completely zero like because he has one more match left he, after all of the shows we're talking he's about. got sato yeah he right? has sato still left so i think he could win that because he's got that like matches mm-hmm. with sato and has never been able to beat him before and i think that tells a nice little yeah. story but it's also interesting and like they, Unless... they did the whole setup for like Inoue and Omori when they did the press conference where Inoue attacked Omori at the press conference. Yeah. And then it resulted in a three so and a half just... minute match but it was still really good for what it was, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if Omori gets his win back on yeah. Inoue soon. No, no, no. I feel like this is kind of like it feels like they're telling a story with him here where he... Because he was kind of, they were teasing him going up to heavyweight, and then he they put him in a junior tournament. So I guess maybe the story is like, he thought he's above these people, and now he needs to kind of like come back after the tournament and redeem himself. Yep. And then uh, next up, we had Rising Hayato defeat Hikaru Sato in 6 minutes and 52 seconds with the Sid Vicious. Um, big win for okay. Hayato. Uh, and I thought this was a really good match. Like, as you can expect, you know, Hayato trying to do his high flying, but Sato trying to ground him with submissions, and it worked yeah. very well. But again, this was another one of those matches where I'm like, I would have liked to have this a bit more time. I mean, this one yeah. didn't even get close to the 10-minute time limit. No. But, uh, you know, uh, that, it turns out, one of the weird, strange m- m- times in wrestling where it's like, yeah, this is none of this is getting yeah. enough time. But, oh well. But what we do get is has been really, really good. Like, I've actually really enjoyed this tournament yeah. so far. Oh, for sure. And then next up in the Real World Tag League, we had Koji Doi and Kuma Rashi defeating Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai in 9 minutes and 46 seconds uh, when uh, Kuma used the Argentine backbreaker on Anzai. In some ways, like, the most dominant win for Doi and Kuma so mm-hmm. far. And also, like, the most... Nagata and Anzai looked like they were getting dominated, sort of, because they've been very yep. competitive even in the matches they lose. Yeah, that's the most Anzai has looked like a young boy. Not maybe since he <laughs> debuted, but like, because I think that was still like the Suzuki match. But this was definitely like yeah. the least he's got in a match in this tournament, I would say. Yep. Um, but, you know, 
yep. good enough, but yep. short, um, even by the standards of this tournament. Um, and then next up for the Real World Tag League, Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi finally get on the board when they defeated Jun Saito and Ray Saito in 10 minutes uh, when um, Jake used the D4C on June. Um, Paul, at this point, I started to notice, are the Saitos actually, like, getting good? <laughs> or maybe that's yeah, a strong that's a bit word. Strong. But they're, 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 um, they're showing progress yeah. over the course of this tournament. No, definitely. I think they're definitely showing progress, and they've definitely gotten more enjoyable, I would say. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're yes. good, but they're definitely figuring out what their style is. Like, they're coming up they, with a yes, formula that works for them. Yeah, and it's uh, like a dirtbag heel yeah. formula sort of thing, right? No, and I mean, like I said, like Ray still is very clearly the more like charismatic one, but I think actually June is like showing some signs of life as well. Yes, I agree. Um, so that was what I took away from that match. And then that next up, we had Shuji Ishikawa and Cyrus defeating Suwama and Kono in 9 minutes and 23 seconds with a big reverse splash or Vader bomb from Cyrus on Kono. Paul, shockingly yeah. good. But not even the most shockingly good match of the tournament, which I will get into yeah. later. But uh, definitely, and, you know, played mostly mm-hmm. straight, and which helped. And so that was really cool. Again, like I said, they just have this back and forth. For, like, it's clean match, it's cheating match, it's clean match, it's cheating match. So, yeah. <laughs> but again, like, that meant that this match exceeded my expectations. Because I was, like, coming into this, I was like, oh, God, this has... Like, I like Ishikawa and Cyrus, but, like, Let's not kid ourselves. They, they, they still have the potential to get a real stinker, but that's not what this was at all. Yeah, this was just like four big men going in there and just kind of clobbering each other for nine minutes. And yeah, and then the, I think the better team got the win as well. I have to say, Kono's not been as bad as I thought he'd be when he's just wrestling yeah, straight. No, I mean, I think Kono is, is a solid wrestler. It's just that he's been in Voodoo Murderers forever. Yeah. And then um, in the main event, Shotaro Ashino and Ryuki Honda defeated Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura in 18 minutes and 43 seconds with the ankle lock from Ashino on Miyahara. Uh, not the first time he's made Miyahara tap, but I was absolutely convinced that they were going to win this tournament. Oh, I think they absolutely were going to be. It's like, hey, look, they're finally giving Ashino big victories. Uh, and that means that they're cl- very clearly pushing him. It obviously means they're going to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, we'll get to more yes. than that in a minute. Uh, but definitely, I'm not sure if... Uh, I would say probably the second or third best match in the tournament for yeah. me. So no, I thought this was pretty strong. Uh, Ashino and Honda are just a great team, and I, I, I hope that they stay together when well, Ashino comes back. Yeah. And then so we move on to... Um, November 23rd at the Nagoya International Conference Hall in front of 477 fans. The Junior Battle of Glory did Ryo Inoue in one minute and 12 seconds with the cross-arm breaker. Uh, I think they could develop a nice little uh, storyline here because basically Inoue tried to grapple with Sato, but then Sato just overpowered him and slapped on the arm breaker. Yeah, I actually briefly looked down and I looked back up and the match was already over. They actually had to rewind uh, <laughs> rewind back to actually see the match. <laughs> Next up, Dan Tamara defeated Hokuto Omori in 6 minutes and 46 seconds with the Death Valley Bomb. 
Tamar was dominant. I wouldn't call it a squash, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just had all the swagger in the world in this, I thought. Yeah, I, I was surprised how dominant Dan Tamara was in this. Like, I actually expected this to be a lot more of a back and forth, but I guess it makes sense with, like, the story that they're telling with Omori, where, like, they're kind of on, like, opposite trajectories, I think, like, compared to where they were, like, early in the year. Where, like, yeah. Omori was always the guy with all of the swagger, and Dan was kind of, like, still the young boy in evolution, and now Dan is the man and just beats the shit out of Omori and just pins him. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because, I, like, we all thought, I think you thought this too, but we thought Omori would go heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, like, earlier in the autumn, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. And you can't really do that when you, like, eat shit. In <laughs> no, when, when you lose to, you can't go heavyweight if you lose to Ryu anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Rising Hayato in 9 minutes and 51 seconds with a fiber splash. Paul, I mean, 10-minute time limit doesn't mm-hmm. do this match justice. No. Uh, but it was pretty damn great for the time they 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 got in it. Although not as good as their junior title match at Cork and Hall, obviously. No, but, but these two have amazing chemistry, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I can, it's, it's very obvious why All Japan is very clearly positioning this as like the junior feud going forward. I thought Hayato had a chance of winning here, but I think that uh, I think you save that one. I yeah. think you save that one until he like he beats him for the title. Yeah. And then uh, in the real world, Tag League, Suwama and Kono defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 10 minutes and 51 seconds with a giant knee drop from Kano on Rei. Paul, I would say it exceeded my expectations, <laughs> although I wouldn't say that like it was incredible or even that good, but it wasn't a disaster or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. They kind of just no. beat the crap out of each other, and that's it worked in that mm-hmm. level. Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I think exceeding expectations is probably a strong word. But I would definitely say that it yeah, as I said, it wasn't a disaster. So I I I walked away with being like, okay, that was an okay match. That that could have been significantly worse. Yeah. Next up Shitaro Shinoraki Hana drew Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi, thirty minutes. Paul, this was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, I'm positive this is a spot. Would you agree? I think so too. Like I, I went back and watched it again, and I looked at the spot that you were talking about, and yeah, I think I agree on this. Uh, Jake Lee botched the landing of a doctor bomb, and Ashino landed awkwardly on his shoulder, and it was separated. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Ashino did not sound like he just separated his shoulder though, for the rest in the rest of the mm-hmm. match. Uh, he's a tough cookie, obviously. Uh, and uh, they continued, and it was great. And, like, I get it in wrestling that, you know, accidents and injuries happen. And Jake, it's not like Jake is some sort of guy that has this rep or anything. But it just adds to his overall geek aura that he injures <laughs> one of the members of the hottest tag team in the company. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think it also, like, I don't know, like, obviously Jake isn't sloppy, but I think. But I feel like like his effort level has been kind of like low recently because I feel like he feels like or he knows that he's peaked now. Yeah. Where sure. like obviously I'm like I'm not gonna accuse him here of being like deliberately sloppy or wanting to like hurt Ashina or whatever. But like his stuff isn't as crisp as it was like early in the year maybe when he was champion. Definitely not. No. Um. So yeah. Uh, 
but it was still a good match, really good match. Yeah, yeah, no, it was um, still it was still one of the best matches of the entire tournament. It's just that what came out of it left a bit of a like bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah. Like I didn't even mind like the time limit draw. Like I think it was fine. Like I think it was oh, perfectly yeah. great for like a thirty minute match. And I also didn't really like didn't really get the feeling that they were actually gonna go time limit draw. Like it was only like when they actually like announced that I was like, Oh, are they actually gonna go time limit draw here? Oh, wow. I thought they were actually. Really? Like I thought it was just gonna be a long match and then they're gonna have like a finish like close like around like twenty seven minutes or something like that. But no, yeah, then it just went three extra minutes after that. And then in the main event uh, for the Real World Tag League, Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai defeated Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura in 20 minutes and 17 seconds with a backdrop hold on from Nagata on Nomura. Speaking of one of the strongest matches of the tournament, I thought this was mm-hmm. this. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I thought the chemistry between Nagata and Nomura was great. Yep. It was awesome to see them finally. I'm pretty sure this is their first ever meeting. Or no, it was not their first ever meeting. But they've only ever met, I think, in all Japan in recent months. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. been great. Yeah, no. I would actually like to see a singles match between these two. Oh, yeah. I think Nomura can get a, a good singles match yeah. at Nagata right now. Yeah, but I think Nagata has been good in his tournament in general. Yes. Like, I think well, the he, tag format helps yes, him. Yes, the tag format really helps him. Like, I think he definitely has his weaknesses in singles matches, but I think being in a tag team, especially with like someone like Yuma Anzai that can just be in there and he can take the beating and then Nagata can take the hot tag. I think that formula works really well for both men right now and I think that showed here as well. Like I I yeah, I think both of them have kind of exceeded my expectations for this tournament, as well as well especially for like points as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think like I think Nagata is looking good enough in tag matches to carry this division, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we'll get into that discussion in a yeah. second. Yeah, um, no. I, but I think really, like, I think we both felt like maybe Miyahara and Nomura were going to be, like, a bit more of a factor than they actually are. Yeah, uh, well, there's, we'll get into that. They're technically mm-hmm. still alive. Um, and then so we move on to the uh, most recent show uh, at uh, Fujisawa, at the Shonen Fujisawa Market. This is an outdoor show in Suwama's hometown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was kind of cool. And they could make noise, so that helped a lot, I yeah. thought, in this show. <laughs> Did you just see, like, the loading pallets, like, behind yes. the curtain? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a market. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is very much a market. As you could tell in the, in the main event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not just the main event. There's another match as well that was, like, very heavily produce-based, let's put it that way. Uh, in uh, opening match, interesting placement. But I think mm-hmm. this was sort of to give Suwama the attention in the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real World Tag League. Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura defeated Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi in 27 minutes when Miyahara used a Frankensteiner on Jake. Uh, 27 and 04. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this actually was the best match of the tournament for me. I thought actually Jake looked better here than he had in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. This was very clear the match where Jake was motivated the most. Uh, I, I actually like that they put this one first because I think having Kento's music be like the first thing you hear on the show it and also have the crowd. yes it, it hyped up the crowd and also like I think kind of need to like re-educate crowds about cheering in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> like because I think it actually because I think at first this crowd wasn't making like they weren't like when Kento's music hit like in Shinkiba people immediately start chanting but they weren't here until literally Kento came out they turned off the music and he literally like motion to the crowd like 
fucking chant my name, you pieces of shit. <laughs> so I think that kind of like re-educated the crowd to be like, oh yeah, wait, no, we can actually make noise. And then they were like hard for like the rest of the show, basically. So I think uh, that really helped it. And yeah, I think putting an excellent match like this helped as well. And yeah, I think they did some actually like pretty decent crowd balling for this one. And then like whatever they kept in the ring was like really good as well. Like, yeah, I think I agree that this is like the best match of the tournament so far. Um, before we get into like the one title match, Paul, do you have any thoughts on Hikaru Sadu's new gimmick? Or is that a new gimmick for him? I don't think it's a new gimmick for him. Has he done this in like uh, YMZ or something? I no, but I think maybe this is just based on where they are. To be honest, yeah, Ichiba Shin Ichi. Yeah, like I think and... this was literally just based on the fact that they were at a vegetable market. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a delivery man with a mask. Yeah. Oh, you mean new gimmick in terms of like he's never done this before and not yeah. that this is his permanent new gimmick. And I was like, I don't I think this is a one-off. <laughs> oh, no. I meant like, has he ever done this gimmick? <laughs> oh, no, I don't think he's done this. Maybe he's done it in YMZ because he's done a lot of weird shit there. But <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I thought this was kind of funny. And like, especially that they were like, had like, who were the people that they were posing in the ring there? I don't know, probably like some business owners or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's, here's my radish. <laughs> like, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> um, but very poor form on Sato's part where he's tweeting out pictures of him in the gimmick before the show even started out of himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he Sato's true trash <laughs> unmasking <laughs> wrestlers. <laughs> um, next up was the All-Asia Tag Team title match. Gungnir of Anarchy's Yusuke Kodama and Masao Hanabata, that's the former Sego Tachibana, defeated Yoshitatsu and Tajiri in 10 minutes and 30 seconds when Hanabata pinned Yoshitatsu with a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. Paul, I wasn't sure this was going to happen, but I'm happy it did. Yeah. And the match was perfectly acceptable, like three gentlemen's three star, like mm-hmm. in out, everyone hits their spots, and a nice little finish. Mm-hmm. I, f- I thought Yoshitatsu was really good during the finishing stretch. Yeah. Like, yeah, he so. laid in those kicks into, in Hanabata pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I thought... Um, I thought when uh, Takao Mori and Black Menso Ray came out mm-hmm. that they were reforming their team to challenge uh, Kodama and Hanabata. And I was like, oh, that could be a lot of fun. But actually, <laughs> nope. that's not what turned out to be. No, no. <laughs> it's... it's, it's all Japan trying to emulate New Japan from a few years ago where there's just random four-way tag matches for titles now. Yeah, uh, so that is going to be, I think, what that's on the last show of um, the Real World Tag League. Yes, yes, it's uh, it's on the Korokan show, yes. Yeah, so it will be Yusuke Kodama and Masao Hanabata defe- defending against Yoshitatsu and Tajiri and Takawa Mori and Masao Inoue, God Almighty, and Black Mensa Ray and ATM. Yeah? Is ATM going to do it? I don't know. It's I not, mean, it's I the All Asia Tag Titles. Like, I'm, like, especially right now, I'm, like, I'm not going to make any predictions here because you very clearly don't have a plan. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I think, if, especially if Ashino and in, in, uh, Honda are out, I think you let the other Gungir of Anarchy team run with those titles. Yeah. But, you know, they could also just put it on ATM because he's a sponsor, so. Yeah, of course. Um, or they just put it back on Yoshitatsu and Tadiri, who knows? 
And then next up, uh, Atsuki Aoyagi defeated, uh, for the Junior Battle Glory, defeated Hokuto Omori in 9 minutes and 26 seconds with a Firebird Splash. Again, another great outing from Aoyagi, but poor mm-hmm. Hokuto eats shit. Yeah, still at zero points. That's why I'm thinking, like, yeah, maybe he beats Sato because he's never beaten Sato before. But, like, I think it's more interesting if he literally goes winless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess either way. But he can st- it's still disappointing when everyone else did pretty well and everyone else got some big wins in this tournament. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm actually curious now. Like, what is what is your prediction kind of for like what is going to be like the final of this tournament? Because they are actually having a final. Like, this isn't yeah. like whoever has the most points at the end wins. Like, this is actually first place against second place for the uh, for the tournament at Corican. Either Atsuki versus Dan or Dan versus Hayato. I think. Yeah, I think that's the most likely one as well. And then does um, Dan win? Like, do they just basically just had Dan dom- dominates everyone and then wins the tournament? Uh, um, it, yeah, I think that's either it. Or Atsuki wins and then you bring out, like, a legend to have him face in January. <laughs> It'd have to be a decent-sized Black game. Tiger 7. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, like, I don't know, Kotaro Suzuki, for example. Yeah, that would be Not a fun that one. Not that I think that would happen. No, or I don't think so. Or or Naruki Doi. Naruki Doi would be awesome. Naruki Doi would be absolutely awesome if they can swing that. Or something like that. But it would have to be mm-hmm. a, a like a, a name like that. Yeah. Uh, if Aoyag is going to win, and then so we go, Paul. This is the miracle match. Uh, copyright <laughs> Alan for Al of the tournament. Jun Saito and Rei Saito defeated Shuji Ishikawa and Cyrus in like 13 minutes with because the, the time I got off of Pure Love here is wrong. It was mm-hmm. like 13.45 around that with like a drill hole pile driver from uh, Ray on Ishikawa. Paul, everything about this was incredible. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, unreasonable when I say that. But it goes 13.45, which is one of the longer matches for the Saitos in this tournament. They don't do any rest holds in this. They're just pummeling each other for like almost 15 minutes. And it's great. I love this. <laughs> it's not the best match of the tournament, but it's up there, and it was just. Now this is an exceeding expectations match. Yes, absolutely. And I thought it was perfect. Ishikawa again carried most of the work, and Cyrus came in and hit his spots. So I thought Cyrus was going to break his neck on that Miss Moonsault. Though. <laughs> yeah. No, this was this was this was so much better than it had any right to be. Like like I was talking about earlier about like oh, it's just like four big guys going and beating the shit out of each other. That's really like that's all this match was. Like there was just like four large men just being in there and just like slapping each other and yeah and and another thing is the side was controlled most of this match yeah which I think was also like helpful yeah and then Cyrus just coming in on the hard tag and just laying waste is always awesome that double when he hit both of them with the crossbody oh awesome. god yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I popped out of my couch yeah. when I saw that I was like holy shit. <laughs> No, this was this was really awesome. Like I like more of this. Like if this is kind of like what we're getting from the scientists, then yeah, like I said, like they're really figuring out their formula right now. So, and I think this is kind of like the perfect promotion for them to be in. Like I think don't think they would work yeah. anywhere else in Japan except for all Japan. No, no, uh, and they wouldn't put them in Glee, and then would be like they would stick out so badly. <laughs> yeah, and. Um... In all Japan, you got other big guys that yeah. can just 
just slap each other around. Yeah, exactly. Like, where else are you gonna get like a Shuji Ishikawa and like Cyrus? Like, and yeah, no, I think this and is I... just so far and away exceeded my expectations. Oh, uh, I forgot to say because uh, Jake and Yuma were eliminated <laughs> uh, by losing to Kento and uh, Nomura <laughs> because. Uh, uh, Shuji and Cyrus are going to finish with eight points mm-hmm. because they were supposed to face Ashino and Honda on the final night. Yep. And everybody else can still get to eight except for Yuma and um, Jake. Yep, so you can't even have that as your backup plan. Nope. Which I thought was going to be the backup plan, but... Uh, no, they had a first team eliminated. <laughs> so, Paul, where is this going? I I really think it's either... Shuji and Cyrus or mm-hmm. Nagata and Anzai to be honest with you I could see that I, I could also see Kento them Kento and Nomura are in their own storyline that's probably going to be for the Triple Crown yeah I think the only other team that I think has a chance is, is uh, Kumadoi yeah that's possible because maybe like Kumadoi versus Suwam and Kono on January 2nd doesn't really excite me no whereas no I mean the thing is is Yuji Nagata going to be available for that show though that's the thing I mean, presumably. Why not? Yeah. Where is he booked? He's not going to be on Wrestle Kingdom except for, like, the Ramble. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can get Yuji Nagata there, then, like, I would say maybe that team makes, like, the most sense. Yeah. I think Shuji Ishikawa with Cyrus would be, like, the most fun option, I would say. Yeah. But you would have to have them win, I think. Yes, I agree. Like, but like, how much is Cy- well, here's the thing: is Cyrus available on January second? That's actually another good question. Yeah, if he has to go back to the U.S. Now, I think they're ninety day visas, so he probably. But you know, he, maybe he has a schedule already. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, he, I would ditch your indie booking in Georgia for <laughs> all Japan. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would also um, much rather work Korokan in January than like I don't know, in the VFW hall from yeah, like twelve exactly. people. Um. But also, uh, unless because of the way this is formatted, and I don't think they're just going to have Suji and, and Cyrus win by default, we're getting an actual finals now. Yeah. I think that is the most likely one because otherwise... And I think Nagata and Anzai versus Suji and Cyrus is also the, makes most sense as the final. Yeah. No, I I would agree on that. Like I think that would because I think that one is like you have like a very likely outcome for either of them winning. Like if you put Suwama yeah. and Kono in there, it's like very clear that the other team is winning. Yeah. So I yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun. I think I mean yeah, I mean Nagara and Anzai I mean yeah, I mean look, you're gonna have to wanna like push Anzai probably sooner rather than later. Like obviously not like immediately give him a title or something like that. Well, I mean I'm not completely against strapping Nagata and mm. uh, Anzai with the, the tag titles on January 2nd. That is really quick, though, for a title. He literally just made his debut less than six months ago. So? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I, something yeah. like this for All Japan is not a bad idea. Be a little more daring. Yeah. And plus, they win the titles. Ashino and uh, Honda could take them off any time. You know, if mm. they only get one defense, it's I don't think it makes a big deal. Yeah, true. Because I mean, Ashino separated his shoulder. We don't know how severe it is. Mm. It could mean six weeks. It could mean surgery. Mm. If he's back in six weeks, you could just do the title change that way. And 
Anzai still gains plenty mm-hmm. if he wins the tag titles even briefly. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you've convinced me here. I think that actually would be like... Because that's also like the most fun story they could tell as well. Just have the murderers have beat the, whole... the shit out of Anzai and then they still manage to come back and like get the victory. Yeah. Now, if Cyrus and Shuji win the tournament, I'd also strap them up. Yeah. Because you've never done Shuji and Cyrus versus Ashino and Honda now. Oh, yeah, right, because that's a forfeit now, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you can go either way. I'm not, like, I would personally go with Anzai and Nagata, mm-hmm. but I think both are pretty viable with what you what you have to do, Yeah, right? Yeah, it's just that it's, if you if you strap up Ishikawa and Cyrus, then it's like the question, how much is Cyrus available yeah. for you? So, yeah. And I think it's kind of, like, harder for them to have a short title reign than it is for, like, Nagata and Anzai to have a short title reign. Yes. Because you've already... And especially you've mm-hmm. put so much into them, right? Yeah. Just for them to, to win the tournament and then immediately lose the titles after winning them, I, that hurts their momentum. Yeah. Where, like, this is, like, basically yeah, the monster team, like, needs to, like, hold it for, like, a bit before they lose it. Yeah. And also, I will give some props to Ishikawa because unlike the other uh, uh, large gentleman in his late 40s, he's uh, putting over talent uh, yeah. more uh, regularly. Yeah, because he's the he's the one taking all the faults for his team. Like it's not yeah. Cyrus. No. Um, so good on uh, Shuji who mm-hmm. uh, knows his role. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he is allegedly still one of the bookers, right? Yes. As far as I can, I can tell. Yeah. No. Very hard to figure out for all Japan. <laughs> yeah, or many other companies. Yeah. Um, in uh, the main event, the Shonen Vegetables. Suwama Tarun Kono defeated Takao Mori Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai in 1824 um, when uh, Suwama used the backdrop suplex on Anzai. Paul, I didn't hate this. Yeah, this for was a couple fine. of reasons. It was fun. I love the, the they went all out in the crowd brawling like they usually don't during COVID the, mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, Suwama was over because it was his hometown. Um, there were some well i don't know if they were plants but somebody who obviously in because taru was like harassing businessmen in the crowd like <laughs> choking them and whipping them yeah that that was very clearly like a spot there like they probably like went out drinking afterwards as well yeah 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 for sure and uh so there was crowd heat to this and it was like shockingly fun match yeah no the i think that really i think it really helped that like this happened time. where it happened yeah exactly it was like the heat and everything and then after the match all the members of voodoo murders including the saitos posed with produce <laughs> it's <laughs> such a weird to our twitter it's such a fucking weird sentence out of context <laughs> but uh yeah so um yeah i guess we sort of went over the uh scenarios there for the junior battle glory mm-hmm. in the real world tag league i'll just quickly i guess the matches uh we got coming up so in osaka on sunday mm-hmm. at Edion number two on december 4th um bodyguard will be teaming with ryuki honda against the saitos paul bodyguard versus the saitos are you ready <laughs> i'm actually more excited about that now than i was before <laughs> yeah um now here's an interesting question jake lee and yuma aoyagi versus nagata and anzai 
Paul, to get if Nagata and Anzai are going to win this tournament or even make the finals, they have to beat Jake and Yuma here. Yeah. No, I mean obviously, like I think they kind of have to win out, right? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously they have to win out to get to eight yeah. points, but yeah. Um, Koji Doi. And I mean, Jake, Jake and Yuma are already eliminated, so like you can beat yeah. them, it's fine. Suwama and Kono versus Kumadoi. Uh, I assume Suwama and Kono are going to win because you want to keep them alive into the last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, I think it's Jake and Yuma versus Koji Doi or Kumadoi in the last night, so it's the match of the losers. Yeah, but I mean, uh, in that case, like Koji Doi, like that's what I mean. Like Koji Doi and Kumarashi can still get to eight points there. Yeah. Uh, Kento and Nomura versus uh, Takuya Nomura versus Suji and Cyrus. Uh, Kento and Takuya have to win. Or Shuji and Cyrus win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I would assume that they win there. Then, But then again, then they get to six points of that. And then they have one more match. So they could, in theory, also still get to eight. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're getting ties. Uh, that's why, yeah, this, it's got to be a final. Yeah. Um, and then in the Junior Battle of Glory, it's Eskiyagi versus Dan Tamara. That's interesting. I could see at. Ski winning and then Tamara winning again in the finals. Mm-hmm. Omori, Hokuto Omori versus Hikaru Sado. We talked about that. I think there's a real possibility of Hokuto winning, finally beating Sato. Mm-hmm. And then Hayato versus Inoue. And I would assume that Hayato is probably more likely to go to the finals than Atsuki, and he wins there. Yeah. So, yeah, in this case, Dan has to beat Atsuki as well because. Wait, but. In that case, they have both. Both of them have six points, right? This with Atsuki's got six points. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Atsuki has the tiebreaker over Hayato. Well, they don't do tiebreakers in all Japan. So what do you do then? Freeway? <laughs> no, you do a playoff at the end of Osaka. I don't know, but in that case, I would say it's more likely that it's the final yeah, is just Atsuki maybe. versus Dan. Maybe. And then on December 7th, uh, Wednesday, I think that is. Yeah, on a holiday. So it'll be interesting to see what they draw, though. Um, so you got, yeah, Kumadoi versus Jake and Yuma. Mm-hmm. Suwama and Kono versus Nagata and Anzai. So I think that will be a very important match. Yeah. Uh, Kento and uh, Takuya versus the Saitos. And I would assume the Saitos win that to keep yep. Kento and Takuya out of the finals and then Kento and Takuya have their breakup uh, actually there is an issue with that though isn't there yeah because the Saitos get a point get two points by forfeit so that puts them at six so they would get to eight points oh right. yeah the math of this is really fucked up now <laughs> yeah well, this is where double countouts come into play. Yeah, maybe this is like just like a double countout or something like that. Because I think yeah, that way you sure. keep both of them out of there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the finals. And then that all Asia Tag Team four-way. So, interesting mm-hmm. uh, going into the stretch. Although, under such horrible circumstances of Ashino. And, mm-hmm. again, we don't know the severity. So, it could be you could be back by the Cork and Hall at the end of January. I think it's like 20-something. Or he could be out a long time. It's... You know, a little concerning. Yeah, actually, but, just uh, we will see. running down the card as well, I'm actually a bit more convinced now as well that they're going to do Nagata and Anzai with uh, Ishikawa and Cyrus as like a playoff. 
because you can tell the story that like Suwama and Kono just like beat down Nagata and Anzai, whereas Ishikawa and Cyrus don't right. have a match. So like right. they're completely oh, they rested. Do have a match. They do. Oh yeah, right. They have uh, Inoue and against, Honda. Yeah, uh, very threatening. <laughs> yeah, so I would I would expect them to just get like a really quick win there. Oh yeah, it'll just beat uh, Izanagi in three yeah, minutes. Yeah, because that's generally what they do when they have a playoff. Because like they did that like I remember that they did that like a few years back. For I think the I think they did it in the real world tag like a few years back where they had like was it the, are you thinking like the, that the one that was the finals of violent giants versus uh, Naoya no more and Jake Lee yes exactly where like violent giant giants just like where Suwama just choked out Tajiri in like a minute or something like that when Tajiri and Kai came oh, out in clown right. mass oh god yes and then that was also the show where Jake pinned um, Kento with that like Japanese leg roll clutch yeah because this is 2019. I think that was 2019, yeah, because I remember yeah. that I reviewed it for the website. Yeah, that was the but the the match that Jake and uh Nomura versus um Kento and um was it Yuma? Or was that 2018? Yeah. Maybe that would have been no. would have been 2018. Uh, but yeah. No, it was 2019. Yeah. Okay. Uh, versus uh Kento and Yuma was incredible actually. Yeah. So like, but that's like, but that's what I mean. Like, that's generally what they do when they have when they do a playoff. That like one team, like one participant of the match wins really quickly, and then the other one have like a grueling match. But then it's generally the one that had like the grueling match that actually like wins in the end. Yep, classic story. Yeah. So yeah, that's just like you just put over like Nagata and Anza is just like mega baby faces where they overcome like two monster teams on one night. Yeah, and you gotta give like, and you do like. If Nagata and Anzai win the tournament and they lose on January 2nd, is that too deflating? Or do you think that's something you can get away with because Anzai's a rookie? I think that's fine. I think it can really go either way. Like, you can strap them. You can strap up Anzai and Nagata, and I think that would be a really interesting story. Like, to have Anzai be, like, just, like, a super rookie, basically, that just, like, comes in and, like, wins a title within the first six months. Uh, but you can also reasonably just go, like, Suwama and Kono. Like, if, I think... I would make it dependent if you know if Ashino can come back quickly. Right. Because I would almost yeah. say that it makes more sense if Ashino comes back quickly uh, that Tsuwama and Kono retain the titles because that way they, you can just still have the whole... But I would get them. I would get those titles off of Tsuwama and Kono as soon as yeah. Ashino's back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, it actually makes more sense if Ashino is back quickly that Tsuwama and Kono keep the titles... Because that way you can still have the whole, like, they get revenge for, like, losing the titles in the first place due to cheating. Yeah. So, whereas maybe if he's out a bit, little bit longer, you can, like, put it on the guard and Anzai, have them hold it for, like, a little bit. And then if Ashino's still out, out longer, you can, like, put it on someone else and well, see where you go from the there. Line, I forgot until I just remembered this now, but Suwama said he wants Yuma Anzai to join Voodoo Murders. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I really hope that that's like just Tokyo a, sports story. Really hope that's just a tease because I, I I don't think that that would be a horrible move. But it at least builds into their story. Yes, it at least goes into their story. But then again, that's a story know. that <laughs> this isn't even the first time that they've used. This isn't even the first time this year that they've used that story. They literally yeah. just did this with Kento. Basically, yeah. So yeah, uh, so I would say yeah. I mean, very interesting yeah. going in. So what do you think then of Nagata joining Voodoo Murderers? 
Oh god. <laughs> I don't think I could buy him as a heel. No, yeah, that that I Especially no. at this stage. Yeah. Like I could buy him maybe, you know, in the two thousands if he just like kicked the shit out of like someone yeah. and brutalized some baby face I could get him. Although I, I even then he never no. I don't think he fits as like a I'm heel. trying to think like but he was never a heel, right? Dad, no, oh, yeah. like I mean, he was yeah, because he was getting cheered against Tanahashi because that's still when Tanahashi was like uh, somewhat reje- or getting some rejection by some fans. Yeah, but he was sort of heelish towards um, like he's heel- He's good as a heel in those interpromotional matches, like when he was in Noah in like two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, but like but otherwise, doesn't it's... really work as a voodoo murder style. <laughs> Dice his hair red. Yeah, no, I don't think that works. <laughs> No, no. So yeah, that is uh yeah, what do you think of the direction then? Cuz it's like I don't know. I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. But I I mean, you can't really get a feel to it until you see what they do in Yeah, game. like I think they kind of got fucked here with the Ashino injury, so they're going to have to kind of scramble and figure something out what they're going to do with that now. Uh but I think like they're kind of really like hitting all the right notes with the booking of the junior division. Like I think the junior battle of glory, like aside from the issues that I've had that the matches are too short, uh, I think they've booked that tournament perfectly. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, we will see. And it's going to be a critical couple of months because I think all Japan really needs to do certain things in 2023, or we're just going to be continuing to spin in circles and guys are gonna miss their window to become yeah. stars yeah. but I think really it, like I think Anza is going to be the key here how they're gonna handle that yeah well do you think Anza is a threat and Yuma gets lost in the shuffle <sighs> it could happen I mean he was kind of lost in the shuffle in this tournament already <laughs> well he's been arguably lost in the shuffle for the last couple of months yeah maybe not as much as some people think but uh they got to do something with Yuma in the first half of the yeah, year. Yeah, they, they, they definitely well, have the to do thing... something with him there, yeah. Well, I mean, there's only one thing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, win the Triple Crown. Yeah. Like, do you, I mean, but do you just have him win it, like, early in the year, or do you have him win, basically, back-to-back champion carnivals and then he beats? I think the back-to-back champion carnivals is good yeah. because it establishes him as, like, you know, no one has done this since, like, Minoru Suzuki in, like, what, 09 in 2010? Yeah. So and then you just have so him in the that's title. A nice little, yeah, that's a nice feather in, in in his cap, and you can build like the right amount of um, amount. It's a, the right time to build. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but who knows? Uh, watch it be Yuma and <laughs> or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, given how before the how long it is before Noah starts running shows again, Paul. Should we just come back after the Real World Tag League to do a show on that? Yeah, I think that might be the best because then we really don't have all that much for like a while. Yeah, I think I think it yeah, might be best if we just review 8th. the finals for the Real World Tag League. Yeah. Yeah, December fourteenth is Noah's next show. Yeah, but I'm sure there's going to be some news either way. So yeah, maybe we'll come back at some point next week after the Real World Tag League and talk about that. So we will see you very soon. Uh, so for uh, Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard DeTrolio, and take care. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and, of course, Lucha Libre. 
if something big happened in the progressing world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.